Hello, I'm Nikki Hartz. Welcome to Queer the Air, my new podcast with my friends A-Class and M. Weinstein. You may know me as an adult industry performer and director, since I have had that gig for over a decade. Maybe you're a member of my queer porn site, Genderflux. Or maybe you just stumbled across an old thirst trap on my Instagram and felt gay feelings for the first time. Either way, thanks for joining. I guess I'm a podcaster now. I'm M. I work in the film and television and theater world and am interested in sex in both a metaphorical and a literal fashion, I suppose. As Oscar Wilde said, everything is about sex, except sex, which is about power. So that's me. Hi, my name is A. I work a little bit in both of these industries. I am a photographer, artist, and community member. Some of you may know me best by my handle, Transnormativity. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for this podcast and excited for a lot of these really important conversations. This podcast is a variety show of sorts. Each episode is loosely organized around a theme, like tattoos, titties, costumes. As always, remember to check out the episode notes for bonus content from the episode. In this episode, we talk about titties. We are also joined in conversation by M's partner, Alex an actual medical doctor who answers some of our questions on titties. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. M, are you a tits or an ass guy? Both. It really, I just don't believe in binaries. And I think that you can't, you, you can't have tits without ass. You can't have ass without tits. Everyone has tits and an ass, even if they have neither, you know? Plus, I, I like to live my life in more of, like, a maximalist way. So, mm-hmm. like, I want it all. You know? I want it all. Yeah. 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 What about you? Um, When I was younger, I would always say tits and that I didn't care about ass. And then I grew the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, you can't not care about ass. That's yeah. Like yeah. Slapping God in the face. Well, and that's one of the best things about being, like, someone who's attracted to more than one gender is, like, an ass is, like, you know, it crosses all... It does. Worlds. It's, it's yeah. the one through thread with like every gender. If you're gonna be queer, mm-hmm. you gotta love ass because mm-hmm. it's the only thing we all share. That's true. Um, I I struggle to love my ass. I have a very prominent ass. I've always had a prominent ass. My sister and I are blessed with junk in the trunk. Yeah. And I always struggled because I passed as a boy in a lot of my life from the front and then I would be outed by my own ass. Your mullet body. My mullet body. And I just remember like people being like, that's a boy walking down the street and then being like, oh my God, no, it's got an ass. You turn to the side and it's like. (laughs) Yeah, literally. I remember I like was very dissociated from my ass. I like wouldn't look in the mirror at it. And I just remember I had this friend, this trans guy friend in college who had a crush on my sister. And I just remember being at Sophie's like high school graduation party. And we were, we're, you know, similar in age, so this isn't super creepy. But my friend being like, hey, look at your sister's ass right now. And I was like, I don't look like sister's ass. And he was like, look, that's exactly what your ass looks like. Do you understand what it looks like from the back? And I was like, no, it doesn't. And he was like, it does. Yes, it does. And I was like, I don't know what to do with that information. Yeah, what, what was he trying to do? He was trying to like, Slap me in the my in, in the face of my own ass. In a reality check, you <laughs> reality your, check yeah. me with my look into the mirror of your sister's ass. I know, and yes. I was just like one dumbing with my sister's ass. Two, I don't want to look at my own ass. I, yeah. I avoid it in the mirror 100%. on purpose. Yeah. 
then I would start haunted by that. I was like, do I, is my ass as big as my sister guys? Mask presenting folks with ass is kind of a thing. I yeah. My my ass is starting to fall off a little bit with tea, but it was always very much a donk. Mm. Um, I one time stuck like a ruler like in my crack with it like sticking out to measure the depth <gasps> of the cheeks. How deep are your cheeks? What I had the they? deepest cheeks in the room against <laughs> other like porn performers. Wow. Um, and. I I don't know. I was never as like dysphoric about my ass though. I was always kind of like I don't know. It's it's kind of could be gender neutral. Like a it could be a dude with a stacked ass. Yeah. Um. Definitely not as dysphoric as I felt about my titties. What about your titties? My titties are less dysphoric for me. I think. Um. I just I really like my nipple sensation, so I like got pleasure out of my titties already. Mm -hmm. So they were like a positive thing, whereas the ass, it was just, it was just, you know. It's utilitarian. Yeah. I mean, it's comfortable. I can sit on it, but I don't get pleasure out of at least its size, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you weren't like, I'm not gaining anything. I'm not gaining anything, no. Mm, that's fair. That makes sense. But I'm learning to feel more proud of it, and I think there are a lot of like young TikTok trans creators who are really embracing the, the boy ass, the mm -hmm. stacked. The man their, their deep cheeks. The deep cheeks. They're following in Nikki Deep Cheeks Hearts yeah. footsteps. <laughs> that's, no. your, that's your mob name. It <laughs> it's been inspiring though. I'm like, oh, it does look bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean it looks great. Thanks, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I know that we all and a lot of people, you know, listening to this have had complicated relationships with titties, either their own or someone else's. Um I feel like the most complicated comes with your own, you know. I, I myself, mine started um, when I was young and, um, you know, puberty was happening as it does. And all of a sudden I started developing a chest mm. and I was like developing breasts. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. Um, I didn't really think anything of it until, of course, the outside world stepped in. And started informing me that I uh, shouldn't have them, and that it was like a mistake, and that it was like bad that I had them, and I was just like, okay, I don't really know how to take this. This is interesting. Um, and so yeah, I started like receiving a lot of like interesting, like bullshit and like hate because of it. Like kids at school make fun of me all the time. Like you know, I was in high school at the time. If you're in high school and you have titties that people don't think you're supposed to be having. That's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're not gonna have a good time. Um, and it's also very hard when you have titties that you don't think you should be having. Um, just as hard. Um, it feels like similar though. I don't know. Yeah, I no, it's like, two sides of the same coin. Yeah, for sure. it's, yeah, it's like kind absolutely. of the same. It's almost the exact same experience. Mm -hmm. Just being like, mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. Yeah, because you're receiving that same information. It's just a different source. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I spent a lot of time um, hating them, hating myself. Um, there was just, you know, I, I really did not feel good in my body, like, whatsoever back then. And so I would start, you know, like, trying to flatten my chest with various things. So I'd be buying, you know, like, undershirts that were, you know, too small and trying really hard to, like, squeeze everything down. It looked like a fucking stuffed sausage. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, you've seen you've, you've see photos of me from back then. All of them, I'm literally, like, you know, arms crossed trying to, like, push down on 
on my chest and make it look like I don't have a cleavage and, you know. Yeah. Because any time, you know, it, it was just wild. And, you know, when I was younger and I would go into, like, any bathroom, it was always like, oh, you're in the wrong bathroom. What are you mm. doing here? And um, I feel like my chest had a lot to do with that. Yeah. Um, you know, being that androgynous child that I think we all have a yeah. varying degrees of experience with being. Um, and so, yeah, it was like a huge problem for me to have these. And I really, um, I didn't know what to do about it. I, I, you know, considered all the time, you know, when I was younger, like fantasizing about, you know, surgery and all of that. And at the same, it was just so interesting though, because at the same time I was also having dreams of like having different genitals and like, waking up realizing that none of what my dr body was in my dreams was real and noticing like the like very distinct like sadness that came mm -hmm. with that realization and but still not understanding what any of that was or what that meant or where that was coming from and um so yeah over the years it really i really never started being comfortable with my chest or my body until um I started spending time outside of what I was more um, used to, which was like Christian people, because that was who I was like allowed to hang out with when I was younger. Um, and you know, I went, I went to a public school uh, just outside the South Side of Chicago, and so I had a lot of interesting experiences there, um, a lot of interesting people there, um, a lot of like violence, and a lot of like, yeah, just like people trying to like talk down to others mm. in order to make themselves feel important bigger stronger you know mm. um as high school is so basically that continued for a long time um until uh until basically i started realizing things about like you know what was actually happening who realizing about like who i am non-physically as well and how those two are connected and then that's when I started building an actual like good and like I don't know, just like a good more loving relationship with my body but like my chest more specifically and which has developed now into like I honestly like really love my tits and now I am considering taking which I've dreamed about for you know a period of time even amongst the like you know want wishing they were gone it's very like complicated but there's you know it's it's you know we all it's all wild but um <laughs> and so now now that I'm at a place where like I love them and I actually want to like take steps to like make them larger and um you know whatnot it's been interesting because even after the process of me coming to terms with all this and building this relationship I then started receiving some shame and hate from like people in the community mm. um because there's this interesting thing about how i became more as i was becoming more visible on instagram through my work and through like just being a community member um and one of my favorite things to do was to like post about loving my body both for its fatness and it's you know just being different than you know what people consider to be normal and being treated that way literally my entire life um and so I wanted to share in that because I wanted other people who have a shared lived experience to me to be able to see that and to know that they, de you know, they deserve and should have this, these same feelings for their body. And that, but then I would 
like one like one of the things I'd post about was like, oh, I you know I would post something positive about having like hairy tits mm-hmm. and like how fun that you know that yeah. you know juxtaposition is and yeah. like just like how beautiful they are, and then I would receive shit from people like trans people being like, I literally like there was this one person who was I think was like twenty years old or something, and was literally said to me, "You're the reason why trans people will never be accepted." That is. Wow. So sad. And I've been told by other trans people too that like you literally can't have both. They either have to be gone and hairy or there and bald. Okay, well we can't fight binaries with binaries. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we can't. <laughs> like um, what? Yeah. And so Love yourself, babe. Right? It's no, like literally okay. and I'm like, I have literally <laughs> gone through how many fucking years to love this body just the way it fucking yeah. is. And then to have someone who has tried to do the same for themselves tell me that now I'm wrong for it and that I did it the wrong way. And I was just like, absolutely fucking not. Like, absolutely fucking not. Well, I mean, I also think that there's an issue within our community of thinking just because you look different, you're healed. Yeah. And I think I can say that, like, I am not fully healed. I don't think I ever will be. And that my transness has been a wonderful step in that journey, but it was not anywhere near what the whole journey is going to be. And we need to, yeah, be patient, I think, with each other. Because it's, I mean, that's such a heinous, hateful thing to say to someone. No, it's really wild. And, um, but it honestly, it was a nice um, lesson and realization for me to when, okay, now I'm being pushed back, especially from like an unexpected source. Um, and the way that it made me feel and the way that I was able to, like, not let it affect me that much. And, like, I was like, oh, shit, okay. Like, I'm actually pretty, like, confident and strong in that stance. And, like, the fact that this didn't, like, you know, like, rattle me to my core. I yeah. was like, fuck, okay, that's good. That made me feel good. And, um, and it, but it was very sad to see that, like, you know, that there's still people who believe that, I don't know, people have to do things a certain way and have to be a certain way for it to be, like, right and valid. Um, but, yeah, that's just, you know, it's it's just been an interesting aspect of, like, my career and how my visibility has been, like, a part in that um, and how that's all connected and just now being, like, a person of a different lived experience that is now, like, visible to a certain degree and what that means and, like, what that comes with. It must have been intense if you had that dysphoria around your chest being on camera for so many years. Mm-hmm. What was your experience being present in your body, not being present in your body around? <laughs> Pretending to be or... present in my body. Yeah. Um, yeah, my my dysphoria with my chest uh, kind of is like the like the first thing that came up to me in came up for me. Uh, when it actually came time for me to book my first porn scene, um, I got referred by a friend to this company that was out in New York, and they made like really high end, um, like high highly styled lesbian porn, and um, they were like emailing me about casting, and eventually. I found out that I was going to have to go do a go-see. Um, 
and I didn't really know what that looked like in porn, but I was told from my friend, like, basically you're gonna go and meet them in the office and talk a little bit, and then you'll get naked, stand against the wall, and they'll take, like, mugshot-type photos of you just to see what your body looks like. And the I was, like, totally fine with all of that, except for, like, I didn't really realize that up until that point, any time I was, like, naked or, like, hooking up with someone, especially like with women, I would like do everything I could to cover my tits, mm -hmm. like make them as not there as possible. Mm -hmm. um, like if I'm in a certain position, I'm like angling so that like my arm is blocking. Mm -hmm. um, and so I knew that going and doing this go see was gonna be really tough for me to like stand there with my arms down mm -hmm. and just like proudly have my tits out. Um, and I was correct, it was very uncomfortable. <laughs> my, I was dating my ex at the time who was older than me um and by the time i got this go see like it was a whole fucking thing um we we would go to the lesbian bar all the time and i would get drunk and everybody there thought i was of age and obviously the girlfriend knew my age um, but when her friends found out that i was underage and they banned me from the bar she was like i'm gonna break up with you because you're not old enough to come to the bar anymore i'm gonna go off to new york and like take some space not old enough anymore as if you de-aged <laughs> somehow <laughs> right um yeah so she went off to new york and while she was there i got this phone call um to come do this go see and i was like perfect i'll go and if i get cast in porn like she's gonna want to be with me again um so unfortunately that plan worked oh. <laughs> um so i went and did the go see and then it was terribly awkward i picked my porn name on the spot that day they gave me a piece of paper and were like well you gotta put something um so i chose nikki after nikki six and hearts was the girlfriend's uh pseudo last name mm -hmm. um so yeah i got cast and the scene was like a couple months from then and when it came time to do it um i was like we of course talked about everything about this movie ahead of time except for like what would actually be done on camera and i got there and i'm like i only want to be a top like i don't want to get fucked like i feel i me being more versed in how queer porn was made, I thought that that would fly. And they were like, no, like, you're going to have to, like, open your legs. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you're going to have to do something. And they were just, like, very annoyed with me and my, like, nervousness. Mm. Um, that must have been really scary. Like, your first time yeah, it was in like, front of a camera and people are just, like, you're... Very cold. It was, like, a big, like, white new york studio room in a high rise in chelsea like very vibey and tons of people on set um and i was like in the makeup chair telling them how nervous i was and my co-star was uh somebody who hadn't really i think she said that she'd done like one or two porn scenes but she was just more of like an escort and she was just like all like weathered and like Kind of like, you'll be fine. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> kid, you'll be good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I was I was 19. I look back at the photos and stuff from that, and I'm like, I literally look like a child. But um, anyway, the, the day was not great. I was very uncomfortable the whole time um, and just masking and pretending that everything was fine and got through it. 
took a while to shoot the scene. There were some minor complications. Um, what sort of complications? Well, my scene partner had a medical situation going on below. Um, Uh-oh. A bit of an explosive one. Which, oh, my God. That's, that's um, all we need. <laughs> yeah. So we got through the scene, and I collected my, like, $900 or whatever it was. And, and I was like, tight. Never doing this again. Like, Jeez. that was not fun at all. And the titties were definitely uh, one of the worst parts. Yeah. What made you want to shoot another scene after that? Was it like, did, did, did you think that it was going to be your last time doing it when you walked I, out of the loft? I didn't feel good about it, but I was like, I mean, overall the experience was not fun, but I was chalking that up to like, maybe I'll be less nervous in the future. But um, that director who shot that ended up reaching out and letting me know that it was one of the worst scenes that she'd ever shot. And that I should find something else to do. Wow, what a gift. Um, so great kind. notes, great notes. Yeah. I'm like, hey, you should quit. Yeah, hey, don't, don't make this a habit. Um, so that was before the movie came out, too. So I was anticipating for months, like, waiting for this to come out and for everyone every lesbian that ever lived to see it and be like, wow, I'm never fucking this person. They clearly don't know how to have sex. <laughs> um, that was my like biggest concern. Um, but it came out and my scene got the best ratings in the movie. And I was like, well, fuck that bitch. I'm going to do porn and make her suck it. So um, was it the, was it the like validation of it being really well that made you feel like you could do it or was it yeah i mean i like i went and rented it from the garden um (laughs) and um yeah can you tell us about uh, the first time you watched it i was like okay like i look i don't look that bad like i i don't remember if i actually watched the scene all the way through i think i probably like scrubbed through it um but i was like i look fine i don't know what the problem is um so I started reaching out to other companies at that point, and it took a couple months, but I got booked for a second scene, which went way worse than the first one. <laughs> Wait, okay, how did? Uh, okay, how wonderful! How could it have gone worse? The explosive. Never ask that question in porn. Situation. <laughs> yeah, how could it go worse? Yeah, You're like, never there are a lot of ways. Endless. Endless ways. Yeah, I figured third time might be a charm, and I'm only here because I was correct. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I got booked for Crash Pad, yes. which is yes. like the the best company that you can work for, especially then. And it was a lovely experience. Fuck yeah. Did it feel different being... Mm, what goes Two questions. One, when you saw your first scene and saw your self naked did you feel the same amount of dysphoria around your body that you did doing it or like was there a only my boobs mm. i was like i hate any time that my titties show up mm. uh, unless i'm like laying flat on my back and they're like sunken into myself a yes. little bit like <laughs> yeah but anytime i was like over someone topping and i have like titties hanging out i was like Ugh. yeah 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 
similar. Like fucking udders. And then doing Crash Pad and doing like a queer scene, how did did you feel the, a different relationship to your body? Or yeah, I mean, with Crash Pad, their whole thing is like we're gonna give you like as long as you want to do whatever you want, and no matter what you do, you're gonna get paid the same amount of money, and you can keep your fucking clothes on, you can just make out the whole time, like do whatever you want, and. Uh-huh. Um, so I think I, I don't know if I kept my shirt on or if I ended up in like a sports bra, but my titties didn't come out. I think I kept my underwear on. I just topped. I like fisted the person I was working with who was a performer that like one of the movies that they had done was the one that officially like made me want to do porn. Um, so I was super stoked to work with them. I'm not sure what their pronouns are, she or them, but um yeah it was a really cool fisting squirting scene and i felt very affirmed and like okay this doesn't have to be terrible yeah yeah that, that rules that really rules i'm yeah. glad that 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 crash pad existed and yeah mm-hmm. you didn't yeah. let the first two hellscapes yeah steer you away forever yeah me too uh, classic fisting and squirting are so healing they mm-hmm. really like, are like truly it brings you back to like why we you know why we are the way we are. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, this okay. is why we do this. Yeah, exactly. um, oh, yeah, I could talk about my new tits. I was going to say, since we recorded the bulk of this episode, uh, one of us had an incident where his tits f- fell off. Yeah, they just, they just disappeared. <laughs> you molted your there. titties. Honestly, like, I, yeah, I had top surgery now... Yeah, a little six weeks, six five weeks? weeks. I don't know. It's been a, it's been a bit. Um, and it's like I thought. What I mean, and everyone has a different relationship to their body, but so many of my trans guy friends had sort of described it like it literally feeling like they were chopped off. And for me, it just feels like they like disappeared. I don't know what it was. They like went. They became. They molded into their correct shape. Yeah, they just like melted. They just like went like, they like a witch. And now they look good. <laughs> they look good. They look. They do. I'm really into them. They and showed I showed us a little bit ago. And yeah, yeah, I really like flashing. Ow, ow. Ow. And yeah, I was, I was, I think the things I was most afraid of didn't happen, mm-hmm. namely my own death. But that's because I had brain surgery when I was a kid, and just assumed that I, you know you only get one lucky chance. Oh, absolutely. But frankly, like. It's not a very dangerous surgery at all. So um, the chances of death were slim to none. So that was not a real okay. fear. That was a. Did Did you yeah. enjoy the um, the uh, anesthesia process, or did you hate it? I I mean I loved. I just went like I don't remember it no, at all. Nothing. And then I just woke up and I was like, Hey, what's up? Did you say take, anything crazy when you woke up? No, I came in and out of it really, and that's what happened when I was a kid too. I think when I woke up from anesthesia when I was ten, I said. I feel dehydrated, which my mom was very you thought it was, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, a good sign because mm-hmm. um, they didn't know if I was going to wake up. But uh, this time I said, ow, which, you know, it's just not very silly. It's very like makes sense to real. Yeah. Similar vibes. Yeah, so. I like that. Cool. But yeah, love my titties. I st- and I'm still calling them my titties. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I love my titties more now that they're peck shaped mm-hmm. and hard mm-hmm. and peck they're just pecs. Mm-hmm. But maybe okay. they always were. I don't know. Yeah. I love feeling myself up now. I love that for you. That's what it's about. It's nice seeing you less uh, bundled up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. feels really good to be more nude mm-hmm. and slutty. Mm-hmm. 
We're here with my fiance, who I like to call Dr. Alex. She also is a doctor, not a PhD, uh, but an actual doctor. Fight me, bitch. Oh my god. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If PhDs want to fight, they can show me they know how to fight. They've never proven that to me before. Um, And I have some questions for you, Alex, about surgery, about going one like in, in a kind of practical way like approaching your own body and your own health in medicine which i think for a lot of queer folks is hard and then on a, another note just like talk to me about titties welcome Alex, to titties <laughs> <laughs> do all animals have breasts no all mammals have breasts yeah teeny has breasts do all mammals milk their like breastfeed yes. milk their young <laughs> breastfeed their young yes that is one of the actual uh definitions to, in order to be a mammal you have to be able to do that okay yeah cool. but yeah do animals get breast cancer they do yeah and so that was that so i do research with a researcher um who is super awesome and her whole career has been built at the intersection of veterinary and um, human uh, health. And so she's really interested in comparative biology and looking at why, you know, why we get diseases at certain rates, but also why animals get diseases and why certain animals get diseases more or less and blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, animals get breast cancer. Lions specifically get a lot of breast cancer, which is interesting. Hmm. Um, and it's interesting to look at rates of, of cancer in other species because it can kind of speak to, it can speak to environment, but it can also speak to, I think a lot of times in human-centric medicine, we think about like lifestyle and culture or like as being the reason why we have certain conditions like cancer but like cancer is really widespread in um biodiversity and it happens anytime you have like multicellular life so it i think it just helps contextualize a humans within a larger biodiverse world but also i think it helps us ask bigger questions of like why we get cancer as opposed to you know, blaming individuals for mm-hmm. why they got cancer, for their behaviors, you right. know what I mean? Um, so yes, an- animal, any mammal can get breast cancer because they have breasts, but any anything that is multicellular can get cancer. So like cacti, for example, get cancer. Um, they get these really actual beautiful tumor growths that we like mistake as being kind of cool, just like, chill cacti thingies but they're actually tumors so they um, kill the cactus huh does it kill the cactus it can so there's a, it's sort of similar to cancer in humans well cancer you can have benign cancers and you can have hmm. like more aggressive cancers uh-huh. so it just depends but yeah some cacti can get killed by their cancer yeah because all it what it yeah. means is that they get the cancer eats Basically, if it's benign versus metastatic or aggressive, it, it's taking energy away from the host. So that would be the distinguishing factor. Um, I got cancer when I was a kid and had this 
brain tumor and like lost 20 pounds and I was this I was pretty I wasn't a, I was a, I was a kid <laughs> whatever and I remember my cancer not getting caught because everyone was so excited that I lost 20 pounds and then when I gained the 20 pounds back after cancer and they were like why'd you gain 20 pounds I was like well that's what I was before I had fucking cancer you weird freaks mm -hmm. like it's just, I don't know. It's hard. Doctors are hard. Medicine is hard. I think it's so exciting about you becoming a doctor, Al, is that you are on the fighting other lines. Yeah. As someone else who has had a difficult experience with the medical world growing up because of being a fat person, a fat child, a child of um, androgynous experience that people were very confused by, and someone who also had a very challenging experience having breasts and like having them develop during puberty and then as soon as they exist the whole world around me telling me that I shouldn't have them mm. and like it was really really wild and it led to like a lot of really difficult experiences um, but now I'm at a place where I actually want to like get breast enlargement or like I also have been considering like taking um, like estrogen in order to like because I'm like okay if they started developing I feel like there's something there that could like you know kick back up again um, do you have anything to say to that point? What do you feel about that possibility? Is that anything, is there anything there? You mean in terms of you going, you know, mm -hmm. exploring that? I think you, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you were to take estrogen, your breasts would, mm -hmm. um, get larger probably because the tissue in breasts are estrogen responsive. Okay. Um, so I think that's something you should totally explore mm -hmm. if you're interested um, and I think on the same, you know, token, I think anytime we're exposing ourselves to higher levels of estrogen, no matter how, you know, if it's biological, if it's iatrogenic, meaning if it's being consumed in some way, um, just remember thing to like follow up with certain things regarding cancer. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I think you should totally go down that road cool. if it speaks to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Thank you. Um, I know that breast enlargement is more... I guess leaning into the cosmetic world of medicine, but do you have any experience with being in the room for that or any mm -hmm. experience with that in your career so far? Yes, so I was, I'm a internal medicine resident, so I chose internal medicine, but as a medical student, you have to rotate through all the specialties. So I did six weeks at, in surgery. So um, during that, I did work with a breast surgeon and with a plastic surgeon. Um, and they actually work together. So I specifically saw, for the most part, cis, for, for all intents and purposes, cis women who were going through double mastectomy for breast cancer who were getting reconstruction. Mm -hmm. So we're getting um, breast augmentation mm -hmm. post-op. Um, so I saw that process, which is really interesting because you get what is essentially top, I mean, it is top surgery. Mm -hmm. And then you have a, the breast surgeon does that and then the plastic surgeon takes over and it's sort of like a tag team situation um, in, in the same surgery where the plastic surgeon then goes and, and does um, a breast augmentation. But it's a little different than a typical breast augmentation where you could rely on the initial breast tissue because you're dealing with a chest that now is devoid of breast tissue. So it just has some other complications involved mm -hmm. with getting the desired appearance. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. Sounds really tricky. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I, it's they're very long surgeries, but they're yeah. very they're beautiful surgeries. That, I, yeah. yeah, that sounds cool. very artful and mm -hmm. like 
one heck of a collab. It's yeah. a collab, yeah. My, I mean, that's the word. My <laughs> personal top surgery was like over four hours long when they had actually said that it was going to be closer to like two and a half. Damn. My, my uh, loved ones were concerned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah. almost a five hour surgery. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Do you know why it was so long? Um, well, my then wife called and checked in, and the nurse's response was, perfection takes time. Okay. <laughs> Were you getting sounds... surgery at Gucci? I'm confused. <laughs> it's sounds... Las Vegas, all right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sounds... Your chest does look very It good. does look fantastic. I was going to say, my, <laughs> my surgeon, I can't vouch for him as a human, but okay. I am not mad at my results, so... Yeah. Perfection that's sort time, of, I, guess. I would say that's kind of the vibe where it's like you wouldn't want to hang out with her. Yeah, I mean, but. I know there are like a hand, a, a sprinkling across the country of like sought after, um, good human, like ethical top surgeon, trans friendly doctors, but uh, we don't we don't all get to go to them. Yeah, <laughs> I just results said- are important, so I I lucked out. Next up, we have Michelle Badillo, a talented writer and actor here to give us her take on titties. When I was in Dublin a couple months ago, I couldn't sleep at night, jet lag, and they were playing some like TV documentary about Britain's biggest porn star from like the 60s and 70s, or the 70s, I guess her name was, fuck, I can't remember her name, it was like Mary Millsborough, something like that. And you know they have like different rules there about what you can show on TV. And so at one point they're showing you can show tits on on like European television, no problem. And then there's this one shot of her, and she's like sitting probably on like a washing machine. She's like totally spread eagle. Obviously you can see the tits, you can see full bush, you can see her hole, but they blurred her clit. And I was like, <laughs> I was losing it. I was like, that's it's like, and I don't know if it was like kind of an accident, like they meant to blur the hole and the clit or something, but it was like the tiniest blur you've ever seen on the part that I was like, wouldn't you blur the hole if you were like, it was I so crazy. Yeah, it, was, it was really, it was like, it was just like the teensiest part of the clip. But, but honestly, like, respe- I mean, I'm like, that sounds so progressive because they at least respect the clip enough to blur it. Right. Yeah, they believe like, it exists. They, they know they don't see it. I mean, on American television, they, it would, they'd be blurring like the entire lower half. They yeah. The they're blurring the belly button. They don't know. <laughs> Which one it comes in. I mean, this is not really like an interesting story, but it was like, you know, when I was little, I had short hair much as I do now, and everybody thought I was a boy, and that was like just like shame based and weird. And I, my mom has huge tits, and when I was like nine, I remember being like, please give me like big tits like mom, so that everybody just like knows I'm a girl. Mm-hmm. And boy, did it deliver. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, it was literally like the summer before eighth grade. I woke up, went, my friend and I hung out every morning. She'd pick me up and we'd go for a walk. And she picked me up one morning and she was like, You have huge tits. And I looked down and she was like, You did not have this yesterday. And I didn't. I suddenly had, I literally went from like A cup to double D's <gasps> between seventh and eighth grade. Um, and then, and it did not same. help. It, nobody was like, Oh my god, I know you're a girl now. It was like, who's this fucking freak dude with a huge knob? <laughs> <laughs> and now, <laughs> oh god, gets me laid, gets me paid. <laughs> oh god, yeah. double D's in eighth grade. That sounds like a goosebumps flick. No, <laughs> <laughs> it truly does. No, I mean, I like, I always looked up to you because I was like, I feel like you're weak 
is like one of, I mean, and hopefully you don't mind me saying this, one of the most mass, sexy, like, androgynous people I know, and they, and she probably has AIDS. Okay, me. I, I used know. to date. I used I to date myself. Oh. I know. Um, <laughs> and she has, like, such a, like, presence in her body. I mean, obviously, maybe I'm projecting, but you seem to. She has, like, the hottest chest that, like, is mass <laughs> and femme. That's and very I kind. Just, of, I'm blushing. It took me. I'm still probably not there, but like years and years. Like I, I would find for years because I just. Well, I didn't know how I felt about my own tits, honestly. Like, because mm. after having dealt with these from like you know 12 years old, everybody would just grab them and touch them in mm. school and like you know Jeez. take my bra off and whatever. And I obviously hated it, but was also like, well, they like me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I don't know. This is what I asked for. <laughs> I asked for it. Um, yeah, you did wish for. And then, yeah, and then I don't know, I just didn't, then when I would, like, really kind of came into myself, like, gender presentation-wise, I was like, well, the tits don't make sense. Mm. They don't make sense, and nobody's going to want to, like, look at my face or, like, how I carry myself and then also want to see my, <laughs> my busty naturals. <laughs> <laughs> and then um. I think, yeah, I just, like, stopped wearing a bra one day and was just like, fuck it. Mm. If somebody wants, if I, like, look how I look and somebody wants to fuck me, then I never have to, like, think be like worried they don't actually want to fuck me because my tits like you know that I have tits I'm not hiding them mm -hmm. um, so it's sort of just like forced I'm trying forcing myself to be comfortable that's sick yeah. thank you though that means um no I mean I think yeah I have like I have a I have a complicated relationship I still have my tits I'm probably getting rid of them soon which like is is and I I don't have I think a lot of the trans men I know have have told me that they had they they were just like so so ready like never felt connected to them and i always have been like well i don't i didn't look at them for most of my <laughs> life i still don't besides the one but <laughs> <laughs> i do they feel really nice mm -hmm. i mean it's like a nice part of your body to have touch they got I mean, a lot of play at smith they got a lot of play at smith yeah <laughs> I mean, we all who didn't you know <laughs> we all did lucky um, ducks so i was <laughs> a, a serial monogamous and wasted some time Taking care of my ex girlfriends and crying, but I did have good. The life sex of a Jewish too. man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had, uh, yeah, and now I'm like, huh. I wonder if I'm transitioning into this new phase. That's not necessarily like I should never have had these, which I know a lot of people feel, but more of a like, huh. What is my life gonna feel like without them? Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I feel like pretty similar. Like, <laughs> yeah, a close friend that I like fucking hate and never want to look at, but like has always sort of been there and. Not gotten me into or out of trouble. Mm -hmm. It's sort of been, but I have I have relatively, I would say medium, medium size. Mm -hmm. I think I was like a high B or a low C mm. in my in my ears. <laughs> At their peak. <laughs> but I also wish for boobs because I thought it would make me normal. I was like it would make me more normal if and maybe it would like be the thing that like brings me into the world. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like they're they'll be the like glass slippers or something, yeah. whatever, I don't and suddenly know. suddenly I'll be like, Well, you know, I don't know, maybe it is, <laughs> a la the feminized penis, there's a masculine, masculine tit mammary. Well, I watch a lot, of, a lot of bears having sex. That's my thing right now. Oh, I was there. And there's, uh, yeah, it's good. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of titties. There's a lot of mask titties. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there are. Titties. On a bear? And, Ooh. I, I and love sucking on a mask titties. <laughs> yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, that's With that, like, you know, like, the tight nipple of a 
big titted bear. Yeah. Oh. What? Or like well, when they have a I, yeah a nipple ring. I remember I saw my first nipple ring bear when I was about twelve. Oh. Wow. In the pool. It was like <laughs> I was like why didn't I have a oh. ring of keys moment? Like, <laughs> lesbians are everywhere. I see them all the time. They're so annoying and serious. And then I was like, ooh, but the big titty bear who like weirdly has a wife, like mm-hmm. that's me one day. <laughs> that was the Bernstein bears, right? Yeah, <laughs> that was the Bernstein bears. Yeah. Another Jewish story. Yeah. There uh, is, yeah. I just like I still want to be a bear when I grow up. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah. Cozy. They're such a big one. <laughs> it's the best. One. <laughs> it really yeah. is. That's why it's funny because like I when I shave my tits, I'm that's when I'm like I feel like okay now I'm in my dyke. But when I had let my tit hair grow, which right now is in there, like, very hairy, then I'm like, oh, I'm still a bear. Yeah. And it's fun because, like, I'm also red that way both times. And it's like, I really like that. That's awesome. That's really and yes. both parties like sucking on them, so that's really oh. fun. Ooh, I love dyke that's bear. Dyke slash oh. bear. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, yes. the dream. That's yeah. a cool. That's what we yeah. all that's, aspire to. I mean, what I form. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of mending that needs to happen in the community, and butch lesbian bear i know there are some that are friends but i feel like they need to they need to meet and they seem like natural like they would be natural kind of they make sense together like i always used to have this fantasy i still kind of do but have this fantasy when i was younger of like being sort of like not adopted like there was anything wrong with my parents but just kind of queer adopted by an uh, an elder butch lesbian and an elder bear who had a cabin they lived together that they built and have just like whiskey and everything's made of wood that they've built oh. and they like I sit on each of their laps. Yeah. <laughs> we can make uh, this happen. And for it just you. feels yeah. like they have a lot of things in common kind of except that bears are more fun. Yeah, I mean the the yeah. They can learn from each other. They could get a little more serious and yeah. actually pick up some handy skills, the bears. Yeah, that's and the butch lesbians could have more sex and chill out. Yeah. So they could <laughs> teach each other their ways. Yeah. It's that generation of lesbians, so though. It's yeah. tough. It's tough. It's tough yeah. to get them to loosen up. Because <laughs> they've seen some shit. Yeah. <laughs> what song would you want played at your funeral? Oh, well, this is very easy. Uh, Madonna's Ray of Light. Wow. And that should be on record. <laughs> if anything happens. Ooh, I love that. We got you. Yeah. I'm glad we're going to hold a historical record of all of these wishes. And I hope yeah. we never have to use if, them. If they're ever yeah. none of us are ever yeah. gonna yeah. die. Yeah. I hope we don't have to use them anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> or we all die together right now Aww. in some kind of crazy thing and then there's like the best playlist. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Do you have anything that you want to plug or promote while you're here? Uh, I guess uh, myself. So follow me on Instagram at, at my name, so Michelle, and then B-A-D-I-L-L-O, and then there's an underscore at the end. Don't ask why. Good. So yeah, just me. Yeah, cute. Fuck yeah. So my first time seeing titties in person um, was, I believe I was around 12 years old, at a Creed concert. Oh my Anyone, God. Uh, yeah, remembers that, that does not line up. Why were their titties at Creed? I know, right? Well, I feel like their their fan base, I feel like, stretched a little bit. Because they were very Christian. Yes. Which is why I was allowed to go. But they also were, like, the mainstream Christian. So there were, like, the mainstream um, secular folks who also liked Creed. And okay. so I think, I think it was secular titties I was seeing rather than Christian titties. Yeah. So it was, like... But, their chance to really wild out yeah exactly exactly um but like how like how about you were 
I'm, I'm assuming with some of the shows that you went to or some of the things you did when you were younger, you might have come across some titties in person. But do you have like a seeing titties early, early on kind of story like that? Um, well, as we have spoken about, I was a obsessive Motley Crue fan as a kid. And um, when they like reunited and started touring when I saw them for the first time, they were doing a thing during that tour called the Titty Cam. <laughs> what was the Titty Cam? Um, basically, Tommy Lee would come out on stage with like a, a camcorder, which was projected up on to all the screens. Mm. And um, very experimental just... theater. <laughs> <laughs> they would. Yes. They they encouraged the crowd to show them their titties so everybody could see and um there's like thousands of titties in that in that state that sounds Um, beautiful i was i was pretty into it yeah uh i didn't realize i i was always like in the past i knew like from watching their videos and stuff like he would like pull out his dick or like moon the crowd I was like hoping hoping that would happen when I was like these titties are actually pretty cool too. <laughs> um, and a few I saw them like a, way too many times as a kid. Um, the band, not the titties. And um, eventually, I went to one show with my sister, and we had like front row, and she was on the titty cam, and I was like very jealous that I couldn't legally pull out my titties. Um, and Tommy Lee reached out and gave us his Jaeger bottle. Um, for her titties, which was pretty, pretty sick. Hey, this is M. Thanks for listening to the first episode of our podcast. Our thoughts, both sober and elevated, and our musings on what it means to be trans and what it means to be us, which only really pertains to us. Trans can mean anything to anyone. We know it means a lot of things to this community. We recorded in August and July and a little bit in September of 2023. I felt like a totally different person. And I think Nikki and A can attest to that, as we all can, because the world is a different place than it was. So be gracious with yourselves as you listen. Please support each other in the comments. I hope we can use this podcast and this forum as a way for the community to just talk to each other. Um, we believe that nonviolent conflict is good, and with nonviolent conflict um, and with listening and sharing, we can rupture and repair and get closer together. So please be yourselves as you talk to each other and be gracious to each other and learn that it's okay to be wrong because believe me, I, I'm wrong all the time. Thanks for listening. This was Queer the Air. Our show was recorded by Jacob Masters. Follow him at High School Jacob on Instagram. Our producer is Sophie Litwalk. Check her out at Sophie's underscore art studio. Sarah McNamara was our sound engineer. Thanks to all of our guests. Please let us know what you think in the comments at Queer the Air Pod.